असाध्य साधक स्वामीन असाध्यम तब किम वद रामदूत कृपा सिंधु मत कार्यम साधय प्रभो ಸ್ವಾಮಿಂದ and karma yoga that is the topic for today's discussion the greatness or the uniqueness of swami vivekananda's life and his preaching has been that in him we find the harmonizing of everything that is best in the world he was a man who could create samanvaya so he was called as a great samanvaya acharya in dealing with all the four yogas if you go through the works of swami vivekananda you will find all of them are interconnected when you read karma yoga you will find a faint music of jnana yoga and raj yoga entering inside and when you read the jnana yoga of swami vivekananda you will find the great thundering music of music of karma yoga entering there and when you read bhakti yoga and raj yoga also we will find we are able to hear at the background the music of the other yogas very master in a very masterly way and in a subtle way swami ji has intermingled one aspect of yoga to the other aspects of yoga so we find when you study one particular yoga it itself is slowly unfolding and blossoming and slowly giving you an effect of all other yogas slowly coming and mingling inside so that is the masterly approach of swami vivekananda to this yoga marga compared to the ancient approach which we find in our traditional texts so he has been called as a samanvaya acharya to create a samanvaya so that it becomes easy for man to go to move forward in his evolutionary process very beautifully swami ji says crawl on all the four don't become a jnana yogi alone or a karma yogi or a raj yogi or bhakti yogi alone crawl on all the four that is the message that swami ji gives to us combine all these four yogas create a harmony out of it and that particular personality will be a fully blossomed personality in whom we will find the samanvaya of all the yogas because of which the angularities in the personality can be totally removed and these angularities in a particular person creates angularities in the nation also 
as yesterday we saw nation and man an individual man are not two different things they are one and the same so in this karma yoga we may ask a question as related to swamiji or as propounded by swamiji what is the speciality or difference in comparison to what we find krishna giving his message to arjuna on the battlefield this karma yoga as compared to other yogas have got two aspects from one side every yoga individually is easy and from other side every yoga individually is very difficult it depends on the mentality with which we approach each of these subjects each of this yoga and the speciality of swami vivekananda is that whatever subject or whatever theme he takes up for discussion or analysis you will always find that it has got twin faces anything you take any subject on which swamiji's mind throws light it will have two aspects one is the individual aspect and another is a collective aspect if you take it for individual development for your own so these two phases are there in the message in the approach of swamiji the individual and the collective and this approach has been adopted by swamiji for the spiritual reality also not only for the development of this universe on the material plane even to god he has given the same approach the one and the many he has not differentiated between one and the many it is this differentiation between one and the many that has caused all this problem in india between karma and jnana one is real many is unreal in jnana marga we say that one ekam eva advitiyam that alone is real and what we see this nanat vaidhi sanreel duniya teen kaal mein nahi hai duniya jadi teen kaal mein is jadi is a bengali pronunciation duniya yadi teen kaal mein nahi hai to duniya teen kaal mein nahi hai bolne wala kahan hai usi duniya par hai so how it becomes a self contradictory you see so swami ji's beauty is that he creates a synthesis between that reality which is transcendental and the actuality which is which is phenomenal the nominal and the phenomenon the transcendental and that which is imminent here in front of our eyes actuality and reality god alone is true that is real but is it actual to us not at all actual what is actual to us is that we feel we are all men plurality is real to us is it not nanatva so many people are there we find so many things here everything is different nobody is equal krishna says sarvatta samabuddha it is impossible i don't find anybody of equal status all are different sri ramakrishna used to say who is equal here everybody has got, got different manifestation of power the shakti bhed so if you say everybody is one it may be real from the transcendental point of view but in our day to day life 
we find it is not actual. The genius of Swamiji was that he brought real and actual together. Bring that reality and make it an actuality in the day-to-day life. Very beautifully he says, before that we will see one expression of Sister Nivedita regarding this extraordinary quality of synthesizing everything in the world. The synthesizing, harmonizing quality is the speciality of Sri Ramakrishna and Vivekananda. In this world we find divisive forces are constantly working to fragment the whole universe. So among those divisive forces that are constantly threatening our existence, Sri Ramakrishna and Vivekananda, they come as one of the most potent cohesive force. Everything gets united, East and the West, science and religion, one and the many, actual and the real, everything gets united. All the yoga gets united. So that union, the oneness, that is the speciality of uh, Sri Ramakrishna and Swami Vivekananda. So Swamiji has combined that real, the one, and the actual, the many. Sister Nivedita says, and in that we will find the seed of Swami Vivekananda's Karma Yoga. If one and the many are the same reality, same entity, see how beautifully she puts, if one and the many are same, then not only all modes of worship, all modes of work are also equally valid path for realization of God, the supreme truth. So we have the tendency to separate secular and spiritual, holy and unholy. So what has happened in India is this tendency to dichotomize, to divide, to bifurcate has created so much of confusion, we feel God is in the temple. And there alone, it is in the granite stone image, in the marble stone image. What about the man who made that stone image or marble image? There is a famous saint in Tamil Nadu, they are called Siddhas. He told, oh Lord, which stone should I worship? The same boulder, granite, was divided into two blocks. One is being worshipped inside as Vitopa and another is kept out as a stepping stone. Which is holy and which is unholy. You are worshipped. What about the man who created, carved you out of that granite stone? He is dying out of hunger. So here we find this bifurcation of reality and actuality. If God can be worshipped in a granite image, in a marble image, how much more worship should go to the man who carved, sculpted that image, is it not? Was not there a God inside that person who is representing the many who created the one whom we are worshipping in the temple? India forsake that many. India never bothered, never cared for this many and India fell down. Whole of India fell as a slave nation. So how to lift this whole nation from the stupor, from the lethargy, from the tamas and again set the whole national missionary into motion so that the whole of the universe can be benefited. So this is the approach with which Swami Vivekananda has approached the Karma Yoga. In Bhagavad Gita we find that one particular individual was the 
focal point for Sri Krishna to address his message. But for Swamiji, the whole nation itself was the focal point, the center point on which he had to focus his attention. The nation had to be roused back again and set it in motion. So here Swamiji finds that Karma Yoga comes as a potent weapon. Not only all modes of worship. So this worship alone as part of spirituality, a religious structure was what we had. And India fell down. That's why I used to say in many places, in India gods are rich and men are poor. Wherever you go, gods are having ornaments, plenty of jewelries, and outside the temple people are poor. So what has happened there, that there's something, a profound confusion has taken place in the mind of Indian. Many times I used to feel that this theory, the intricate web of Maya theory and renunciation has created so much of confusion in the Indian mind that the national consciousness became totally inactive. The many had been totally forgotten and the one had been taken care of. Everything is above and whatever is here, what we see, the day-to-day -day experiences, everything which is actual for us, they said it is unreal. This is the famous statement we find in Shankara. Brahma Satyam and the one who is lecturing and the others who are listening, Jagat, Mithya. So the whole nation fell down. That's the irony of the human understanding. But in Sri Ramakrishna and Swamiji, they say, if everything is Brahman, where is Mithya? So in their approach, we find a radical divergence. Sri Ramakrishna approached, left the many and went to one. Sri Ramakrishna says, I wept and wept and wept for God, Mother. I felt as if the whole universe is a picture painted on the canvas. It is not at all real. This is a great beauty. Sri Ramakrishna left the plurality, <coughs> the many, the unreal and sought the real. And he achieved it. And the way he achieved it, un it unravels the secrets of Karma Yoga that we will later look on. How Sri Ramakrishna's approach through the Bhakti Marga itself has in it the secret of tremendous perseverance, tremendous enthusiasm, tremendous hard work that we shall look into it later on. So Sri Ramakrishna went there and approached the divinity and came back. Narendranath went to him and approached, have you seen God? Sri Ramakrishna told, yes, everybody can see God, but who is willing to weep for God? People shed jugfuls of tears. Sri Ramakrishna shed so much of tears. He wept for God. Sri Ramakrishna wept for God. Narendranath approached him, asked a beautiful question, one of the millennium questions I used to call, have you seen God? And what a challenge it has posed to the Western country. And Sri Ramakrishna told, yes, I have seen. So this has created a great problem for the Western people. Both of them have become culprit. So Western country cannot deny 
that God has been seen by a man and that God was shown to a man and that man is one among the 24 people who carved the modern America. So America cannot say that God cannot be seen because the modern builders of America in that list, this man is there who has seen God. And he went to that soil and preached God can be seen and in that soil he preached Karma Yoga. Not in the Kurukshetra. See, the, there is a difference in approach. In Krishna's time it was preached in India which is a land so fertile for spiritual ideas and Arjuna was a yogi of the highest order. It was preached to them. Americans are the bhogis of highest order and to them Swamiji preached. See, here Krishna is preaching to a great yogi, a yogi who could not see anything except the eye of the bird. A man with such a phenomenal concentration, like a yogi. And there, Swamiji preached his karma yoga to people who are all bogies. So this one approach we find, and this Swamiji went and saw God. Sri Ramakrishna wept for God, showed God to Swamiji. Swamiji, after seeing God came back and wept for men. See the approach. Sri Ramakrishna wept for God and Swamiji wept for men. Here there is a beautiful synthesis. Master saw the Brahman and the disciple saw the Jiva and both of them combined they say Jivo Brahmaiva Naparaha Bahurupe Sammuke Tomar Chadi Khothai Kujecho Ishwar Jejan Kore Jive Prem Shejan Sheche Ishwar Bahurupo Me Tumare Hi Samne Me Ghumta Firta Ho He Murak Ise Chodkar Ishwar Ko Kahan Tum Dundte Ho Jo Jeev Ko Prem Karta Hai What a marvelous sentence is he Jejan Kore Jive Prem Can you love not gods but human beings Swamiji has never put the word God Jejan kore jive prem Jo jivon ko prem karta hai Vahi Ishwar ki seva bhi karta hai And one day sitting in the Belur mud ground He says can you not see Brahman Here, here it is, Brahman is here And the woman who was sweeping the Belur mud temple steps She stood like a statue And Premananda ji who was going inside the temple for worshipping He stood like a painted picture on canvas and Swamiji could see Brahman. And if you want to really see Brahman, mobile phone must stop. <laughs> Otherwise, it will call us back from the transcendental reality down to the actuality. In the actuality, if you want to see reality, there must be a silence. There must be the silence of unselfishness. Only when the self, the so-called self with the uproar of the selfish desires, with the thundering noise of its own preoccupation, we are not able to hear the silent whisper of the reality in the actuality. Constantly it is saying, my, my, hamara, mera. Everybody has become so self-preoccupied, so selfish, that we are not able to see the Brahman. To see that there must be the silencing of the self. So mobile phone also must be silenced. Somebody told, Sri Ramakrishna had once told the samsaris are so great, they are all heroic worshippers, veer bhaktas, 
So much of load is there. In one hand, you catch hold of Bhagawan's feet. And when the duties are over, catch hold with the other hand, the feet of the Lord. But before they can catch the feet of the Lord, mobile phone rings and they take it out. <laughs> Just for fun, I'm telling. So in this approach of Swamiji, we can find a great synthesis of beauty, you see. A beautiful synthesis. Sri Ramakrishna left the jivas. He forgot the whole universe, went there and came back. After coming back, Narendranath asked, have you seen God? Sri Ramakrishna showed him God and after coming down, Narendranath wept. And he says, where are you seeking God? Are, it is in front of you. God is walking here in front of you. Such an approach, you see, what a beautiful approach. God is in front of you and this was the special approach which we in Maharashtra had adopted. All the bhakti cult saints, they had adopted this approach but we had forgotten it. We find in the story of Pundalika, Krishna had come to give darshan to him and Pundalika was serving his parents. So Krishna told, hey Pundalika, I have come, come and have my darshan. You have been hankering for my darshan. Please come. Pundalik told, I am busy. I am serving my parents. He threw a brick. So Krishna was standing. And after serving his parents, when he came out, there is one version of the story that Krishna disappeared. The real Krishna disappeared with great agony and anguish. Pundalik shouted, Hey, Mayavi, chor, kapat. Kahan gayab ho ho tu? Then he heard Akashwani, Hey Pundalik, Mere what's Mere Priya, Jo Admi apne Mata or Pitame Krishna go dek sakta hai, Uskele alag Krishna ki jaruri hai. Do you require a separate Krishna when you are seeing Krishna in your own father and mother? So this approach of Swamiji is kept at the background. It forms the backdrop for Swamiji's Karma Yoga. So as this Karma Yoga was preached in the western side, we may ask a question, why? What was the reason? So there are three factors which we have to consider for Swamiji's preaching of Karma Yoga in the western soil as compared to Sri Krishna preaching it on the Kurukshetra. The western race, fresh in the vigor of its youth, was having tremendous material development Addicted to sensate values, willing to throw overboard spiritual values, with the whole social fabric thrown into tatters, and India having fallen down, mesmerized by the Western development, was trying to imbibe those qualities, those values. So if that continues for a long time, then the same situation arises which forces the Lord to come as an avatara. Glani, dharma glani. Because man cannot live as man in that situation. It becomes very difficult. This particular question has been asked by Swamiji in that famous quotation, Shall India die? Where Swamiji says, Money will be the priest, human soul its sacrifice. So if human soul is going to become the sacrifice because of the sensate values 
and the fabric of the society being thrown into tatters, somebody has to give light. Who will give light? India alone has to give light. So if India has to give light, Swamiji found the, deplor uh, the situation of India was so deplorable, so unfavorable. So to rouse India back into action, to galvanize it into electrifying action, Swamiji had gone to West. And there he preached so that before the sensate values could overpower the Eastern values, he put the seeds of Indian thoughts there. So through Karma Yoga, Swamiji presented to, to the Western society the ideal of the family as a unit for the tremendous growth and the onward evolutionary movement for individual as well as collective. So through the Karma Yoga, Swamiji has given so many different concepts. Especially he has given the wonderful concept of a typical cultural traditional Hindu family. How men in family should live? He has taken these ideas from Maha Nirvana Tantra and he says, if this unit called the family can be properly maintained, these ideas we will find reflected again in tomorrow's lecture. Because as I said, most of the ideas of Swamiji are almost all are connected both with the individual as well as to the collective. Any idea of Swamiji, if it can be applied, it can result in individual development and applied at the collective level, it can lead to national development. Even the Karma Yoga, if you can apply, it can cause both individual development as well as collective development of the nation. If you really deeply go through the Karma Yoga, taking the whole Karma Yoga as a synthesis of Nishresha as well as Abhyodaya, material development as well as spiritual development, both are combined in such a masterly way by Swamiji that it becomes difficult for us to separate. So by combining them in such a way, Swamiji has avoided the pitfall which India experienced previously where they said, karma is different, it cannot give you the ultimate purushartha mukti. In Brahma there is no karma. So this karma yoga, they had given some secondary portion. Of course, by mentioning as karma yoga, most of them had mentioned only the karma part of it. Karma becomes yoga because of certain thing. By itself, karma becomes karma. And all of us are experiencing the karma bhoga. We are all karma bhogis. But a particular twist in the psychological pattern of the mind or if it can cause an inward revolution, it can turn karma into yoga. And that is the technique Swamiji is using to turn karma into yoga. And that particular karma yoga has been used by Swamiji as a tool, as a key to set the whole nation in its developmental journey. The march of its onward movement forward thrust being given by this karma yoga by Swamiji. So Swamiji does not fall into the pitfall which the ancient interpretations had that karma is being separated. They say it cannot lead to mukti. And Swamiji has challenged it. Swamiji has specially brought out this karma yoga by synthesizing that one and this many. If you can see God, that see God here also. 
Who is going to talk about Brahman? It is you and me. And except Brahman, what else is here? If Jagat is Mithya, everything is Brahman, is it not? So Sri Ramakrishna gave that experience. This Gati, Bhati, everything is Brahman. The whole universe is Brahman. So applying this Karma Yoga, Swamiji thought, how we can use it as a tool so that the whole of India can be roused. So if India is roused, the whole of the world can be saved because India has to give the spiritual light. Swamiji says, the whole values, the moral and ethical values were pulverized, were getting pulverized by the modern scientific inventions. Man had almost lost his faith in God. So Swamiji is using this Karma Yoga, first he preached in the American soil, to form a solid social fabric. Because without the social fabric of family as a single individual unit for preserving the morality and ethics, how things can be brought out in this world? Even now Western countries have not taken up the social fabric of family unit in the traditional cultural way as we Indians are doing, but there is a great demand for it. But we in India are slowly losing hold on this family unit. The great joint family system where unselfishness, service and thyaga were very, very subtly introduced. None of us understood it. The nation grew so subtly that never they never felt that the whole life itself is a classroom. So many values which we are finding it now necessary to teach as a non-academical subjects naturally blossomed in the family unit. Now we are trying to teach this personality development. Then there is a new theme. Yesterday we discussed readiness for parenting. Designing a child. Who taught all these great ladies how to design a child? There was a great lady called Madhalasa. Who taught her? It was so naturally coming in the cultural, traditional way of the social fabric of India that there was no special classroom or counseling center required to impart these values. But now it is becoming very necessary for us to have special counseling centers, youth camps, parental camps, teachers camps to impart these values. So it is becoming a difficult thing as the social fabric is slowly tottering and going into pieces. So to hold the whole unit for the development of the humanity, Swamiji took this Karma Yoga as a tool. And how beautifully he approaches. So for today's topic, I will take two or three points only for discussion because it is a vast ocean. And it is sufficiently confusing also. Not only for us, it's a famous shloka in Karma Yoga we find Arjuna uttering Vyami Shreneva Vakyena Buddhi Mohaya Sivame Tadekam Vadanishitya Yena Shreyoho Mapriya. What is that? You definitely tell by which I can get the Shreyaha. That time he told it is Jnana, which is better. But now he uses Karma. So what is to be done? So it is very difficult to understand the... Not difficult, not impossible. It requires certain application of our mind. Because most of us are so selfish. The tumultuous roar of our own selfish desires blinds our intellect. And Karma Yoga demands that one give up his own self. 
the selfish thing, the selfishness, this attachment has to be dropped out. So when such formidable things are being told, psychologically we don't get ready. And as we are psychologically not ready, intellect does not open up to understand the secret or the rahasya of karma. Why we should perform karma? And especially without motive. And for the welfare of others. So these are the three points which we will be touching. And before that we will again revert back to the old point. The situation in which Swamiji was forced to deliver this message of Karma Yoga. So first in western countries he saw the disintegration of the values, the human values. And then he came back and saw that if India has to give the spiritual light to the world, India itself is steeped in tamas, in the great stupor of inaction. And what the word Krishna uttered, what words were uttered by Krishna, klaibhyam. Swamiji himself uses that word, imbeciles. How much he scores Indians in the letters he has written to many of his disciples. So India itself was in such a stupor, almost the whole nation had become a cleave jati. Swamiji what are you? There is not a single man here. The whole nation lay prostrate at the feet of English, at the feet of Mughals, Dutch, Portuguese and French. Why? Nobody was willing to act. Nobody had faith in themselves. And Swamiji uses in a wonderful way this word karma. He says, knowledge is inherent in man. All these works are like blows to bring out the power of the soul which is already within. So how beautiful it comes. When you take the karma yoga of Swamiji, he is not talking about something which Krishna talks in the present. The first chapter of karma yoga, I forgot to bring the book. The first chapter of Karma Yoga in Swamiji's effect of work on character. Effect of karma on the formation of character. How character is formed. How we are becoming inactive. What causes this inaction? This tamoguna. This resistance to put forth Purusharth, the great effort, Udhyoga enterprise in nature, what is preventing us and how this Kashmala, that's a beautiful word, the crudeness, Kashmala is a crude thing which is inside, Kutaswa, Kashmala Midam, Swamiji also felt the whole of nation is lying like worm at the feet of Englishers and nobody is willing to fight. So what can set this country? What can release, open the dormant energy and the indomitable power and strength that is in the consciousness of the Indian nation. So as Swamiji was just looking at the nation, the fallen state, he had the great idea of India's past. What great personalities, magnificent persons were walking on the streets of India. How many rishis and munis, Vishwamitra who could create the space city. Vishwamitra found out the coconut. So where are those great personalities? Why India is lying this, like this? So Swamiji uses this word karma. says it is this work, this action. This action is a message of Gita as well as Swamiji. Action, act. Start doing. Why can't you act now? Do something. Don't sit like a clip. 
Arjuna also sat down, shrank in the chariot, and he told Vepatushyame Sharire, Kronashashya Jayati. And India also had the same situation. All of us sank down, except few John Shirani, Chhatrapati, Shivaji, Sammangal, Pandya and others. All of us shrank down. So to rouse a dormant energy, Swamiji told, action is the way, karma is the way. And he says, knowledge, power is already inherent in man, just as fire is in the piece of flint. Like butter in the milk, knowledge is inherent. These works are like blows to bring out the power of the soul, which is already within. And then he quotes the example of Newton. Where was this gravitational force lying? It was already in Newton. It was Newton who brought it out. How? Through work, through karma. And he says, it is this karma that makes you deserve what you should get. Karma determines what you deserve. This deserving comes from karma, Swamiji says. Then discussing about Buddha and Jesus who are gigantic willpowers, he questions, from whence does this power come? Jesus, who was the son of a carpenter, whom his own servants did not obey, now half the world bows down to his son. From whence did this power come? How did they accumulate these gigantic wills, which are sufficiently powerful enough to overturn the worlds? Unfulfillment, the host work, plunge into action. Swamiji used to say, relentless, relentless, ceaseless action, work unto death. Work, 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 work as if the whole of the responsibility of the nation is on your shoulders. Why I am telling is I can talk about the spiritual aspect of Karma Yoga, but India is requiring this. Before India can conquer the world, it must have the material development. Before we step into the spiritual realm, we have to step into the material realm for the material development and once we satisfy that, we get success in that, then we will find out that with the same strength which we used for getting achievements in the material field, the same strength can be diverted for achieving spirituality also. Simply by sitting in the Thamoguna with lethargy, with darkness and lack of enthusiasm, lack of utsaha, India cannot develop and we also cannot develop materially as well as spiritually. Karmanaivahi samsiddhi, astita janakadaya. Janaka did not simply sit and then became a great jnani. Not at all. Both Abhyudhya as well as Nisreshaya requires this tremendous action. Uddhare ratmanatmanam. Arouse yourself. India had to rouse. Swamiji wanted Indian soul, the potential force, the tremendous possibilities that are hidden in the profound depths of Indians, that must be awakened. Because after awakening only, you can select whether spiritual or material. If you are not willing, if you are not getting ready, getting qualified, even for the material existence in this world, in the competition of nations, how are you going to survive? India's survival itself is in question and you are talking about Brahman. What sort of stupidity it is? So this is where we find Sri Ramakrishna, as I told, how Sri Ramakrishna struggled. What a struggle. What great endeavor. Tremendous perseverance. 
and ultimately sri ramakrishna told if you don't come mother i command you must come what a command and what tremendous hard work how beautifully they have expressed udyoginam purusha simham sri ramakrishna was a udyoginam purusha simham we should not think that he is sitting so softly and he did not work hard not at all what a heroic perseverance sri ramakrishna had given and arvindo gives a beautiful expression sri ramakrishna held divinity by the scruff of its neck jaisa gale mein pakad ke laate hai na police waisa sri ramakrishna ne daivatva ko pakad ke laya hamare samne aana chahiye come so that is the udyoginam purusham work india must work and if india has to work the dormant energy the dormant power the strength and knowledge which is already inside it must be awakened and what is the key that can unlock this treasure house of knowledge and power swamiji says karma action it is karma which deserve which determines what you deserve and how beautifully he says a fool may buy all the books in the library but he may be able to understand only those books which he deserves this deserving is determined by karma so this karma is what we find expressed as action tremendous endeavor tremendous perseverance enterprising nature in swami ji's life as well as in sri ramakrishna's life and this is what indians require now look at the politicians administering india look at the chief ministers collectors look at us working in the government offices as clerks fumes bank accountants bank managers what is happening to us in kerala every 3 months there is 10 days strike somebody told we really believe one russian who was a communist he told we really believe that god is in india why because in spite of all these things india is developing <laughs> in russia we don't believe but in india we believe so some one of our swamiji told in spite of us india is developing so this lethargy this unwillingness to bring out the divine power which is inside it is totally against the spiritual laws of the world because lakshmi narayan's consort where she will go she will go to a place where she is honored she will not go to a place where the man is lazy always sleeping unwilling to put forth heroic struggle nirutsahi krishna says dhriti utsaham a man who is willing to persevere work hard this work this is the particular key word swami ji has taken work action put forth knowledge is inside strength is inside everything is inside these works are like blows to bring out the power of the soul which is already in and this idea has been very beautifully expressed in this shloka udyoginam purusha simham upaiti lakshmi lakshmi wants honor she has got great dignity where she will go she will go to tatas and birlas who are working so hard day and night they sweat more perspiration than inspiration udyoginam purusha simha mupaiti lakshmi devena deyam iti vadanti bhagwan ne usko diya hai uska ta takdeer hai kya kismat hai uska aise kaun bolte hain ka purusha 
Next line is so beautiful, so inspiring, and uttered by our own rishis, who were all great astikas, believers in religion and God. They say, Daivam nihatya Bhagavan ko mara goli. Chodo Bhagavan ko. Not that we should not believe in God, but the so-called Bhagavan. Swamiji told, if you have belief in 333 crores of gods, and every god that is being invented and put in front of you, but yet you don't have belief in yourself, there is no gati. So this belief comes only when we put forth heroic action. So that is the first chapter, how beautifully Swamiji has made it. Effect of karma and character. All these actions which we are doing, they correlate and form our character, the sum total of our tendencies, either lethargic or heroic. They say, Daivam nihatya kuru paurusham atma shaktiya. Tumare andar jo supta virajman shakti hai, us shakti ko lalkaro, pukaro, let it come out, let it explode in the, into this world. Why are you waiting? What is preventing you? So this was the heroic call Swamiji gave to India. Awake, arise and stop not till the goal is reached. Same thing Arjuna also got. Uddhared Atman Atmanam. Natmanam Avasadayet. So if this power is inside and if India can recognize this power and put it for our national development, what a tremendous thing it will be. So this karma, when it is put for the national development, what are the qualities that are required now? One single quality, Swamiji says, which divides into two, is unselfishness and non-attachment. As we are all working in our companies, in our offices, in our organizations, can you put forth the entire energy, entire being into the work for the time being? Swamiji asked this question, if you can put your whole being into the work that is at hand, you have in you the capacity to become a moral giant. We lack this in India. We can't put our whole being, whole mind into the work that is in front of us. And the same thing is being done by other countries. And what is the principle behind this putting the whole person, the whole being into the work. This Krishna calls it Yoga Ha Karma Su Kaushalam. Dexterity in work is Yoga. Then somebody asked, a pickpocketer also can become a Yogi. Simple dexterity does not come like that. That is not the secret of work. To put your whole being into the work that is in hand, what is required? Today, half an hour time is there, I can finish quickly. To put your whole being into the work. I was also working in Mumbai, in one of the bank. So 10 o'clock was the office time. Everybody will arrive at 10.15. And moment they arrive, they go to the bathroom, have cigars. And by 11.30, they will go for a cup of chai, jilebi, singada or something and come back after 15 minutes. And 10 minutes before lunch, they are ready. And 5 o'clock, the bank is supposed to close. 4.45, everything they have packed. 
ऐसे ये सब पैक करके रखने से तो पांच बजे यहां से निकल जा सकते हैं सो हाउ मच ऑफ सेल्फ प्री ऑक्यूपेशन थिंकिंग अबाउट वन सेल्फ अनविलिंग टू एक्सटेंड वी आर गेटिंग सैलरी इज इट नॉट एंड वी आर गेटिंग सैलरी वर्किंग फॉर द कंट्री इन विच वी आर लिविंग सो एवरी डेवलपमेंटल फेस ऑफ दिस कंट्री इज गोइंग टू हेल्प मी ओनली by attacking the country by destroying the properties of the country i am only inviting trouble for me because i am not able to understand the principle in which the whole nation is working it is based on the yajna concept parasparam bhavayantaha if today i create something it is going to come back to me we are not able to understand if i get madrasai which is called conjunctivities it is not that i alone get all of you are going to get if you don't take sufficient precaution so what negative values which i am generating in the table in the office in which i am sitting the same negative values can make a prey out of me and that is what is happening in west bengal jyoti basu once remarked to fight against the ruling party at that time we had so many strikes so many buns hartal and in the office just they will go and hang the coat and sit like this some of them will sleep sometimes we have to go and wake them up babu utho acha then he told this values which we cultivated just for the op- for opposing the ruling party this has become the character of our party now we are suffering we are not able to develop so how these things are so interconnected krishna understood it he says evam pravartitam chakram everybody is dependent this is the yajna concept that you are not alone a single unit living in this world separated from the entire existence everybody is so mutually interconnected it is so subtle we are not able to understand but if we have little perception of the actual existence that is going on we can clearly understand that this mic which i am enjoying is because of somebody's labor this specs which i am wearing and enjoying is because of somebody's labor the road in which i am traveling it is because of somebody's labor so if somebody is there i am also somebody so my labor also must go inside for the benefit of others if i am unwilling to give up my selfishness and put forth my whole effort diligent hard work for the development of the other people it is going to come back to me and it was this selfishness that made whole of india fall down there are so many other factors but this was the petty mindedness of indian kings that made them stick to their own privileges their own enjoyments their own prosperity they became all so small if you see the cd and chanakya we will find all of these kings have become so small petty minded they were trying to maintain their own kingdoms and chanakya goes and says a akhanda bharat mahabharati ki raksha kaun karega that raja says ha maro gole humko kya karna hai bharat aur akhanda bharat i am only in the border then chanakya says if one of your finger is affected will not your body feel it then that raja says hey brahman ek mutti anna pusta to mai deta mujhe upadesh dene ke liye tum aaye ho le jao is kutte ko yahan se so chanakya comes out and tells one day i will teach you a lesson and what a story it was alexander comes and attacks and what happens to india so at that time chanakya also takes up this karma yoga this unselfishness 
It is this unselfishness that makes karma turns and metamorphosizes this karma into yoga. Every action is karma when there is no self inside. It turns into yoga. See, it's so beautiful. So when you are working, putting the whole being into the work for the time being, you have to forget yourself, is it not? When Sudhir Fadikyar, Bhimshan Joshi or M.S. Subhulakshmi is singing, imagine a song, what you say? Apne aap ko bhool kar tanmay ho kar gaate hai. Apne aap ko rak kar nahi, apne aap ko bhool jaate hai. So when you forget yourself, the entire personality is thrown into the work. The man is absolutely blotted out. There is no man. Work alone is there. Then it becomes yajna. The man is not there. So much of concentration is there. It turns into yoga. But in a pickpocketer's case, it is not yoga. Though there is dexterity, kaushalam is there. It is karma bhoga. Because police se. And then it is not resulting for the benefit of the man whose pocket he is picking. Is it not? But in this karma yoga, when in our own seat, in our own post, in our own place, if we are able to perform our own duty to the utmost sincerity, throwing the whole being into the work, Swamiji says, you have in you the capacity to become a Buddha, to become a great moral giant. So India requires this karma kaushalam, and this can come only when we can become unselfish. And very beautifully they have put, I think in the Indian Administrative Service cadre, the motto, Yoga Karma Kaushalam. Ranganathanji refers to that. So Karma Kaushalam, are you working with dexterity? And why is that this concentration, this dexterity, this involvement is not coming to us? Because we are always expecting results, is it not? Whenever we take up something, our mind is constantly bothered whether I am going to achieve the motive. Not that one should not have the motive in view, goal in viewpoint, but this motive which is personal, which is selfish, which is limited to one's own welfare and well-being, it creates so much of disturbance in the human mind that man's mind is not at all fixed to the work. He's always looking back and thinking whether I will get the fruits thereof. Swamiji says, give the fruits unto the Lord. To work you have the right, as Krishna says, give it. Do not ask. Of course, if we give in the company, we get salary. But in spite of that, we are unwilling to give total eight hours of work in the office. Is it not? Sir, stay na eva, sir. Krishna says, oh, chor hai. Dunya se liya hai, lekin pura wapas nahi deta hai. I take eight hours salary from the company, from the office, from the country. But what am I giving back? So Swamiji says, here is where the secret of Karma Yoga, unselfishness. We are all selfish because attachment, attached to our own welfare, to the results of work, which will benefit us. So this karma, when it is done in that way, first it gives a negative value. There is no karma kaushalam. We will find in our own life, when we arrange for the marriage of the neighbor's daughter, we work so enthusiastically. There is no tiredness or anything. But moment it is our own daughter's marriage, what tension we get. Is it not? Why it happens? Because when you are unselfish, so much of energy is released. 
So this is the secret which Swamiji says, we have to understand. We are working for the country. Forget that we are getting something. So we must work and sacrifice our whole being for the country. It's a great yajna. In that great yajna, I am also giving my ahuti. Of course, I am going to get back my prasad. There is no doubt about it. In spite of that, we in India, how many are willing to give? If we really give, really sacrifice, in our own place, whatever duty we are doing, in that same place we can have some siddhi. And Swamiji gives a beautiful example of three people. One lady to whom the yogi comes, who has burned the crow in the jungle. And then the lady teaches him a lesson. And then the Vyada, he also teaches a lesson. And then they say, doing our own duty we have got this elimination. But now in the present situation, what is the tendency, mentality of the Indian mind? All of us are so much of choosing the profession, is it not? Everybody wants a white collar job. Who wants to select the career of a scavenger? Who wants to become an auto driver? They are forced. There is no other alternative. Every work is important. Every work can unleash the tremendous energy that is inside. If you are unselfish, and because of their unselfishness, due to non-attachment, if you can put forth your whole being in the utmost flow of concentration, tremendous results will ensue. And that will lead to the national development as well as individual development. Instead of doing that, we are entering into all sorts of competition. Everybody wants to be a computer scientist. In previous times, everybody wanted to be an engineer or a doctor. If everybody becomes an engineer or a doctor, what will happen to some other profession? We will not get sufficient men. Whatever we have in our hand, Karma Yoga says, put forth your whole being and do that. That is your duty. Do it. If you do it, higher duties will come to you. Because when you do and sufficiently get the caliber higher duties will come. Otherwise, without deserving, if you simply desire, what happens is there is great confusion. Sitting in the Prime Minister's post, that man is going on yawning and sleeping. I am not telling anybody's name. We know who was yawning and so many photos were released. So that man has a desire, but do you have the sufficient accumulation of karma to make you deserve are you ready to sacrifice as a Prime Minister of India your whole life for the welfare? Do you feel your life is a yajna? That without any attachment you can rule the whole kingdom? In Chhatrapati Shivaji's life we find Randaswami gives back, rule it not as your kingdom but as my kingdom. So this is the concept of Karma Yoga which Swamiji wanted in the present Indian context that we Indians should imbibe. We are lacking the spirit. Yesterday I quoted the meeting between the Indian minister and the Japanese minister where he told we have citizens and you have population. So this population question comes because we are not willing to be karma yogis. We all are wanting to be bogis. We want to enjoy. There's a beautiful incident of the man who, is the, who was the owner of the Sony company. We all know about the Sony electronic equipments and the Sony tapes. So they honored him and they asked, what is the secret of your success? He told, I had a dream and it was a dream so long as I limited it for my own personal achievement and glory. 
But how you converted that dream into a vision? He told, my dream became a vision when I wanted to put Japan in the world electronic map. See the approach. One is for the individual, always preoccupied with his own achievements, self-preoccupied. And another is for the collective development of the whole nation. He says, moment I felt that Japan, my country must be put in the world electronic map, my dream turned into a vision. And he says, the secret is, my mind got associated with all the minds in Japan. See, that is a secret in the psychological realm. My mind, the vibration, the wavelength, the thinking of my mind, and all the other minds in Japan, they are on the same line. So the collective force, it gave such an impetus, such a force, that immediately my dream materialized into a vision. So in India, we are badly in need of such karma yogis who can sacrifice the whole life without expecting anything in return. Of course, that is what the real karma yogi should do. But we are getting everything in return. But in spite of that, we Indians are unwilling to give to the country. If you don't give evam pravartitam chakram, that chakra which Krishna has set rolling for the human welfare, the humanity's benefit, it will stop. The development will stop and movement development stops in spite of all your gods and goddesses. We fell a slave, is it not? Wherever Vitova went, wherever Tirupati Balaji went, wherever Hanuman, Ramachandra, Krishna, where they disappeared, India fell like a slave in front of Britishers. Because all of us were selfish. And as we saw in Chanakya's life, everybody was selfish, limited to their own little circle. So in the Karma Yoga, as the Agnya concept, this is, can you sacrifice every action of yours for the benefit, for the welfare of the common? If you do that, then the development process will start. At that time when we find that selfishness slowly goes away, non-attachment comes. And through that non-attachment, Swamiji says, slowly the spiritual fruits also open up. See how Swamiji takes this Karma Yoga from the standpoint of an atheist and takes it slowly to the standpoint of a theist, a believer in God. In fact, Swamiji says, Karma Yogi need not believe in any God, need not believe in any philosophy. Did not believe in any doctrines or anything. Simply he has to work unselfishly with non-attachment. And he says, moment you arrive at this point of non-attachment, due to the lack of which we are enjoying the karma, producing its results. Is it not? Every karma produces its results. And because of our selfish involvement, Swamiji used to say, do every work, do not project this tentacle of selfishness. It is like a hook, it goes and catches. Don't project that. If you are non-attached, this unselfishness works. And when there is non-attachment, he says, every karma has got its own results, good and bad, positive and negative, it affects you. So at that time, you are a karma bhogi. Jaisa karma karega, vaisa phal dega bhagwan. Hamko phal nahi chahiye. Simply do the karma without any attachment 
and in the perfect concentration, if you observe yourself any time, either while preparing biryani or while doing japa or while singing, if you are perfectly concentrated, you have totally forgotten everything. It's a total non-attachment. You are absolutely not there. The self, the lower self, with all its worries, tensions, problems, traumas, depressions, all those are silent for the timing, is it not? Everything is still. And the moment that work is over and you wake up, everything comes back. So for the time being, the lower self, with all its self-preoccupation, had been kept in abeyance. And Swamiji says, through learning the secret of non-attachment, trying to perform every work dexterously, badi kushalata ke saath, ekagrata ke saath kaam karne se, you get anasakti, you get detached. And when detachment comes, Swamiji says, all the powers that are in your soul, they become concentrated. And you become a Buddha, leading to nirvana or freedom or whatever word you want to use, you can use. So this is the theme of Karma Yoga, which Swamiji has presented for the national and individual development. One point is, strength, knowledge, power is already inside. We have to work. There is another beautiful shloka, which is conveying this idea. Udhyamenahi siddhyanti sarvakaryani. It's a beautiful sloka, so fantastic. Parishram ke dwarahi har karya karma siddha hota hai, bina parishram nahi hota hai. Nahi suptasya simvasya. Yeah, beautiful statement. Pravishanti mukhe mrgaha. So ye vai share ke simva ke mukh mein koi harim ho sakta hai, gentleman, ho bhi apne aapko simva ke mukh ke saamne nahi rakta. वो तो राजा है जंगल का राजा उसे भी परिश्रम करना ही पड़ता है इवन द लॉर्ड ऑफ द जंगल ही आल्सो हैज टू वर्क हार्ड ही हैज टू हंट रन जंप चेस फाइट किल एंड फॉर ऑर्डिनरी मैन लाइक अस सिटिंग इन द टेबल वी विल कमांड एंड लक्ष्मी विल कमांड ओबे इट इज इंपॉसिबल उद्यमेन ही सिद्ध्यंती सर्वकर्माणि न तो मनोरथै ही Simply dreaming or imagining that God will give this, God will give that, it does not come. It did not come. Really when you have non-attachment like Santukaram Maharaj, when the self is not there, when I am not there, then that works. And what a beautiful life you find in this saint's life, Tukaram. For what purpose he used the wealth? For the benefit of others, not for his own life. And when somebody presented a purse, it is to be used for the welfare of people. So Swamiji says, don't project this tentacle of selfishness and can punch me and die. So this tentacle of selfishness has been in a masterly way used by Swamiji in projecting this Karma Yoga. There are so many different points in this Karma Yoga I have not taken because it is very difficult to enter into that. And when you read Gita, you will find so many intricacies involved in this because of the Sanskrit words and the serial arrangement of the shlokas in Bhagavad Gita. But in Swamiji's case, he has released that Karma Yoga from the intricacies of the Sanskrit language and also the arrangement of the shlokas. And he has brought out very simply how in the day-to-day -day life a common man can use this Karma Yoga as a tool 
to unravel the possibilities, potentialities that are lying inside. So Swamiji converted what I feel with my humble opinion, I can say, the philosophy of Karma Yoga which was in Gita, Swamiji had made a technology of action out of that Karma Yoga. See, technology gives you how to use action, karma, and brought out the technique that is involved inside the Karma Yoga. And took out the skill portion of that. See, there are two sides of any science, technology and the skill portion. Nowadays they are finding this, that not only technology should be given to people, technology forms almost the theoretical part of it, the skill part of it. See, as a BCom student, you may study accounts. But when you come to the table of an accountant, you are shivering. Unless you really do the bookkeeping or maintain the accounts, the skill portion. We see in TV, they show how to prepare Bombay Kurma. But you will see everything. There is a technology. Information is being provided. But after that, that is a cerebral department. You have gathered the information. Then there is the executive department. That executive department only gives us success. And that is a skill portion. Kaisa banana hai skurmeko. You have to do it. Once or twice you may fail. By doing and doing and doing again. Karma naivahi samsiddhim. So you go on doing. Swamiji brought that skill portion of the Karma Yoga. Very beautifully he has brought it. And he has brought it that skill portion of Karma Yoga in the form of Jiva Siva Sheva. Use the whole energy, the whole desire that are suppressed inside, which are creating such a tumultuous uproar inside your consciousness. Use it, bring it out. Without the tentacular selfishness, it turns into yoga. And when it becomes yoga, it will take us to the next step of yoga called the Raja Yoga, where there is no self. That is yoga. Tata, Drashta, Saswarupiya, Avasthanam. Another time we are caught in the selfish thought currents that are raging in our mind. Vritti Sarupiya Mitaratra. Yoga ha chitta vritti niroda ha tata drashtuhu svaswarupiya vasthanam when you are absolutely one-pointed because of non-attachment leading to unselfishness which results in the total concentration of the mind for the time being you are wholly involved in the work they say then karma turns into yoga and as there is no attachment what happens? Karma phala disappears. So Swamiji again after bringing this, Swamiji says, this Karma Yoga can be taken in two different departments. If you are a devotee of God, in the beginning you may not find it easy to feel that everything is not being done by you. You may have a motive. But after doing all the karmas, offer this at the feet of the Lord. Because in this world, nothing has been done by you. Everything has been created by Lord. Everything has been done by Lord. Even you are being created by Lord. So your karma also belongs to the Lord. So offer everything at the feet of the Lord. The other way is very difficult for the jnanis who say I don't work because I don't need to work. Prakriti kriyamanani guna karmani sarvashaha ahankara vimoda atma karta ahamiti manyate. Swamiji says that is for men of high caliber. But for ordinary people like us, every work we do, in whichever station we are being put in, wherever we stay, whatever be our swadharma, our duty, 
whatever karma we are doing either in the office or in the school or in the shop or in the hotel or in the temple make it as an arpanam offering to the lord and slowly as unselfishness goes no selfishness goes what remains is unselfishness swamiji says unselfishness self abnegation is god itself so today see exactly today also it is giving well unselfishness is god itself i offer my prayers to swamiji that let this unselfishness go and as was his dream let there be development in me at the individual scale and also at the collective scale so that india becomes ready to conquer the world with its spirituality hari om